Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman in for the guys today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, as well as ESPNU. We're going to get to the big news of Major League Baseball regarding Jumping ship, even though he had not played for that team one day, we'll do that in a couple minutes. But sad news in the world of sports and not just in the NFL. Hall of Fame running back Franco Harris passing away overnight at the age of 72. We all remember his career being a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As a matter of fact, winning four-time, as a four-time Super Bowl champion. But many people know him for the immaculate reception considered the most iconic play in NFL history. As a matter of fact, they're going to celebrate that play 50 years of it this weekend. The Steelers and the Raiders are playing on that day. And they were going to do a football life on Franco Harris Friday, according to the NFL Network. A lot of sadness with all that leading into it. And Franco Harris will not be around, at least physically, to see everything being celebrated about him. Yeah, it's a tough deal because that NFL Network f- a football life is coming out on Friday. They've been ha- they had that in the works for a while. And it's all in conjunction with the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which... I've been watching it on YouTube here the last couple minutes since the news of Franco Harris's death broke this morning. I just, what a play. I mean, I don't know if you can say there is a more iconic play, Freddie, in the NFL than that one. And he certainly put his stamp not only on the Pittsburgh Steelers with four Super Bowls, but the entire football world as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. We'll continue to have more coverage about this on the the life and times of the late, great Franco Harris passing away overnight the age of 72 to Pro Football Hall of Famer all day in ESPN and ESPN Radio. But more news when it comes to overnights involving the New York Mets signing Carlos Correa. This broke at 3.19 a.m. Eastern time. What? Midnight 19 on the West Coast. What? We thought he was going to be a San Francisco Giant, but they postponed the press conference yesterday because of a medical issue involving his physical. And not even 24 hours after that, the New York Mets sweep in and they say, hey, we got 12 years, 315 million, Carlos. How does that sound? He goes, I'll take it. Let's bring in Busta only because Busta, what it is right now. ESPN Major League Baseball inside a host of Baseball Tonight podcast. Hit him on Twitter at Busta underscore ESPN. Joining us here in Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max. Busta, I laid it out. What happened? Yeah, what it is is one of the most <laughs> shocking deals in the history of baseball. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It was almost 20 years ago that Alex Rodriguez uh, was traded to the New York Yankees in a deal that we all woke up to, you know, to find out how one of the biggest stars in baseball was going to New York to change position to play along another all-star. At that point, Derek Jeter uh, was shortstop, Alex Rodriguez, the third baseman of the Yankees. And now you get Carlos Correa going to the Mets to play alongside his friend Francisco Lindor. Uh, Pretty remarkable. They're just it's shocking on so many different levels, uh, you know, to have uh, a you know twenty fourth hour uh, development like this. The physical with the Giants not going well, Correa jumping ship, going to a big market uh, team that he wants, and I'm sure that other owners in baseball are also waking up, going, "What? Mm-hmm. A three hundred and eighty million dollar payroll?" To put this number into perspective, guys, <laughs> the luxury tax bill for the Mets in the upcoming year is going to be about what 10 to 12 other teams are going to have for their total payroll. Good Lord. Okay? That's what where the Mets have taken the spending. Uh, for Mets fans, long-suffering Mets fans, it is a dream for other owners. It is the nightmare that they feared when Steve Cohen was first considered to be an <laughs> owner of the New York Mets, to have someone come in, richest owner in baseball, 
basically shove everybody aside and say, I'm going to do what it takes to win. And he certainly did that, spending nearly $500 million, nearly half a billion dollars on the 2020. 2023 team alone, Buster. So let's talk about this snag in the physical. I know back in 2019, the back injury that Carlos Correa sustained with Houston, you know, led to some prolonged issues that happened during the COVID-19 shortened season. And then that's always kind of been top of mind, but we don't know exactly right now what the holdup was with the new, with the San Francisco Giants and the physical there. How does this work? Because one team says, there's an issue here. We don't want to pay you 13 years, $350 million. That was the Giants offer. But the Mets said, hey, we'll give you 13 years, 315, which is $35 million less on the entire uh, you know, length of the deal. But how does that happen in terms of one team saying, no, medically we're concerned, but another team saying, yeah, we can work around this? And you laid it out perfectly because that was the big concern as Carlos became a free agent. You know, he's a a young free agent guy who hit the market last winter for the first time. And I heard from team after team after team, boy, we we wonder about the, the, you know, the lower back Mm -hmm. and all the treatment that's been done on that. Now in the New York post story, uh, uh, it, it was said that the back wasn't the issue. I, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, you know, to hear from giant sources later this morning, what exactly that issue was. But that's what everybody was focused on. They heard about Carlos getting treatment, you know, in the mornings before he went to the ballpark. They heard about him getting treatment at the ballpark. They heard about him getting treatment on the plane, which for a young player, you know, in, as someone in his mid-20s, a lower back issue, that's a concern. Uh, and so, you know, that it's why you always hear the words pending a physical when you hear about these agreements. It's why uh, club officials never go on the record to acknowledge that, yeah, we have an agreement with this player because they always feel like that they have to wait for the physical to pass. What's so interesting about this is, uh, you know, we the, the Giants deal blows up over a physical issue. Then the Mets jump in and pick up the threads of conversations they had before Carlos's deal with the Giants. And then, even before the physical, apparently, because the timeline of this, you have Steve Cohen on the record in the New York Post acknowledging this deal. Mm -hmm. So the horse is out the barn door on whatever the physical concern is with Carlos. uh, This deal is going to happen because now you have the owner of the Mets saying, yeah, we have an agreement. Uh, So the words pending the physical do not apply in this situation. Wow, put it this way. I don't think he has to worry about anything physically if you're Carlos Correa getting that kind of money. That'll help your back feel a lot better, especially <laughs> part of $806 million the Mets have spent in this offseason. Buster, always appreciate you, my friend. And by the way, have a happy holiday to you and your family as well. Likewise, guys. Take care. Great stuff by Buster. What it is right now. Buster only ESP Major League Baseball Inside, also host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. Joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max with Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. And don't forget about ESPN Radio. They are all over the place when it comes to bowl game action. Tonight, the Arnell Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Coverage begins at 8.30 Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Is it Hurts or the team? All it will provide is bulletin board material. Listen, Uh this is all the smoke right here. Listen, and that's how football is supposed to be. We have familiarity with and they have familiarity with us. I'm pretty sure they hate me. (laughs) Maybe the best thing for the Dallas Cowboys is that the last couple of days, nobody's talked as much about them losing to Jacksonville Jaguars as about the availability of Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, 
for that game versus the Cowboys this weekend. Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Courtney Cronin in for Ian, Ian for, and Freddie coming in for the guys today on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Let's bring in Newey Scruggs. He's an FOS friend of the show from NBC5 Dallas and Fort Worth as a sports director. Hit him on Twitter at Newey Scruggs. All right, Newey. We're still a little bit more than three days removed from that collapse against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a 27-10 lead. They lose in overtime, 40-34. to What is the temperature around this team getting ready to play an Eagles team that wants to take them apart for the second time? You got a head coach of Mike McCarthy. Good morning, by the way. A head coach of Mike McCarthy who says, uh, I want Dak Prescott to still be aggressive. And he looked at that second interception. Um, it was a return for pick six. He's like, Dak, put it in the right place. So Mike McCarthy is basically like, wait, we're full go ahead. Um, my quarterback is still going to do what he does. The owner came out and said the quarterback played outstanding. So for people trying to put it on four, the folks in charge over there say we're good. Uh, I thought J. Ron Kirsch had great stuff to say talking about the defense. He said, hey, man, you can't have Jacksonville put up 34 points on you and think it's fine. He said it's not fine because other teams are looking at the tape right now and licking their chops. The Cowboys right now can't stop the run. They got to figure. They got to figure out how to stop the run. It's been an issue all year long, and now on your your defensive backfield, you got a problem because Jordan Lewis, your nickel corner, out for the year. Your other outside corner, Anthony Brown, is out for the year, and they got a kid named Kelvin Joseph whose rap name is Boss Man Fat. Boss Man <laughs> Fat get burned every time. Okay, every time you look up, you're like, turn around, turn around, and uh, it's a problem. And so his job is up for grabs this week, and Dan Quinn's trying to figure out how to fill that. Is that good enough for you? <laughs> I think that covered pretty much everything. Good way to set the table here, and let's take this a step further. They're not playing very sharp football right now. It goes back to the Houston game, Newey, two weeks ago, and then this 27-10 lead they had in the third quarter that they blew. How and where do they start to clean up some of these issues? Stop the run. Yep. You can run on the Cowboys. And, and, and you know, this, this league is pretty simple. If you can run, then you can go ahead and mix in the passes and, and, and be okay. So we know Philly wants to run. And, and if it's Gardner Minshew at quarterback, I expect the Eagles to come out running, running, and then you look to see is who's the other quarter outside of Trayvon Diggs. If it's Kelvin Joseph out there, Mackenzie Alexander, whoever's there, you're going. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to go out there and line them up. The question, I think, with Trayvon Diggs this week, do you travel him? Do you say, hey, you go with A.J. Brown? Um, it's going to be interesting because that other side of the corner for the Cowboys is scary. It's scary. Newey Scruggs from NBC5 in Dallas-Fort Worth is the sports director with Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Every time you mention the Dallas Cowboys and trying to win a Super Bowl, that word scary comes up. I don't care if it's the offense. I don't care if it's the defense. But how scared should they be that Kellen Moore – as important as they need him to be as an offensive coordinator, may not be offensive coordinator enough to dial up the right place for this Cowboys offense once they get into the playoffs. Uh, look, you know, it's been an issue with Kellen for a while. Um, it, people have been frustrated, but at the same time, too, you know, they, they score a lot of points around here. Um, they just did not – they didn't play – smart football on that drive and they tried to be aggressive when aggressive isn't really what you needed to do it's more like uh get out here and, and run the clock but anyway, they, they put 34 points up the problem was when they needed to in the last two drives uh one was the 27 second drive which allowed Jacksonville to get the ball back and kick the field goal and then in overtime um you had the pass that got tipped up by Noah Brown so you can be frustrated with Kellen Moore but there's some things there that you know from from a 
player standpoint, they got to execute. You know, it's always easy to point some of these things to the coach. Look, I thought it was a terrible play on third down to go deep. You need to stop the clock. Mm-hmm. But um, th- these are things that they can – That this is stuff that can get fixed. Um, and they got to run the ball better. I, I'm still a believer that they need to run the football if, if they want to go where they want to go. And had they been able to run that football uh, with a minute 36 seconds, they wouldn't have had a 27-second drive. They'd have, they'd have been able to do a little bit better, make Jacksonville burn all their timeouts. So um, this is another one of these lessons learned. they they got to figure out if they want to be the team they want to be. Cowboys learning lessons. A proud tradition since 1996, the last time they won a Super Bowl in the National Football Correct. League. Correct. <laughs> and whatever lessons they have to learn, our man Newey Scruggs will be all over, part of NBC5 in Dallas-Fort Worth. As the sports director, hit him on Twitter, at Newey Scruggs. Joining us here in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Oh, it was a pleasure, Newey. Enjoy the weekend and have a great holiday, too. All right. Don't forget about them TCU Frogs now, baby. We're, we're college football town now. <laughs> real, real quick, I'm glad you mentioned that. 15 seconds. How big is TCU football in the college football playoff down there? Hey, man, it, it's big. And, uh, look, they, they, they beat Big Ten teams. Check their record. So don't be surprised if they go out there and beat Michigan uh, next week in the, in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, well, they're fast, and Michigan has to deal with that. Thanks a lot, Newey. Appreciate you, brother. Later. Courtney Cronin, Freddie, coming in for the guys and Keyshawn, Jalen and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app as well. Series XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. And Courtney, real quick, when it comes to the Cowboys and the temperature, that's the one thing to me that has not been talked about enough. Kellamore can dial up plays and they can score some points, but it always seems to be something missing when they need to dial that key play and they're not able to execute that or put that right kind of play out there for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and I think what Jerry Jones was saying when he went on radio yesterday, because, you know, he's always got to talk about Dak Prescott and, like, whatever, you know, vibe he gives off. Like, right now they're okay with Dak Prescott. If he keeps playing the way that he played on Sunday, he's clearly not putting any blame on him for that second interception uh, that, like, kind of hit his receiver right Mm -hmm. in the chest and bounced into the hands of the uh, DB for, for Jacksonville. Like, I get it. I get what he's saying, but I do think that there – I'm with you. I think there's an element that's missing, the big play element, the explosive play element from this Dallas team, which, like, it's almost like they got to find their lane, Freddie. Like, what, what are you yeah. going to be? Are you going to yeah. be a dominant team that's going to lean heavy on Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, and have Dak get out of the way? Or are you going to have Dak be the guy who everything's going to run through here in the postseason? I don't feel like you can have it both ways. I feel like they truly have to figure out what their identity is going to be in the month of January and then go from there. So that's a concern with the Cowboys. So we talked about that. Let's bring in Shannon Penn, our producer, Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Freddie Coleman, that's me, Courtney Cronin, that's her. We're going to have NFL contenders and the one major concern. So, uh-huh. Shannon, you lay out the teams and we'll have the concern meeting where that is regarding those contenders. Yeah, we'll do a little rapid fire here. The one major concern that you have for these teams. Courtney, I will start with you. The Philadelphia Eagles. What's your major, one major concern you have for the Eagles? I don't have one. I'm sorry. I don't have one. I know that Jalen Hurts and his shoulder injury right now is somewhat of a concern, but even Nick Sirianni, Freddie said yesterday that Mm -hmm. they don't anticipate this being a long-term issue. When I talked to Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams last week ahead of Bears-Eagles about this team, he pointed out that he can't really name any weakness there. So if a defensive coordinator in the NFL who's a hell of a lot smarter than I am at the football is saying that, (laughs) I can't really say anything other than I don't have a whole ton of concerns. They're the most complete team to me. They're the most complete team, but I'll say one concern is how do you handle being the hunted? It's been the first time in a long time that the Philadelphia Eagles have had to deal with that. Even when they won the world championship, they weren't the hunted. Mm-hmm. They were the hunter. 
you're going to get everybody looking at you as a number one seed. We haven't talked about that with the Philadelphia Eagles in a long, long time, how they handle that. And not saying they're not equipped to handle it. You can be equipped to handle it. doesn't mean that you're going to be able to handle it properly when everybody is gunning for you. I want to see that's not a major concern, but I think it's another concern. I can't wait to see how they handle that. All right, well, speaking of a team that's used to being the hunted, Courtney, the Kansas City Chiefs, what's your one major concern you have for the Chiefs? Again, I don't know if I have a whole ton. It certainly isn't Oh, man, Courtney, I'm sorry. It's not Patrick Mahomes, guy who's playing at an MVP level. I still have Jalen Hurts as my MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. I think if they don't get home field advantage, that to me would probably be their biggest concern because they are so used to having teams have to come to Arrowhead to play there. Now, if, if Buffalo, for example, is able to get that number one seed and everything goes through Orchard Park, then I would be more concerned about that as it pertains to the Kansas City Chiefs because this team, to Freddie's point, talking about the Eagles, this team is the hunted. They have been the hunted, and teams like the Cincinnati Bengals were able to capitalize on that last year. And Buffalo, had it not been for a fraudulent coin toss, probably would have been in the same realm. So I think it's just the fact that they've got two very, very good teams clipping at their heels here, and they really don't have much of a margin for error. Well, the the coin toss wasn't fraudulent. They just came on the wrong side of the Buffalo Bills. It just was a dumb rule, and I'm glad it got changed. I'm glad that we're not going to have any sort of issue with that this year in the postseason. To me, it wasn't a dumb rule. Stop some on defense. I mean, that's not the Chiefs' fault that their coin toss went their way. Stop somebody on defense. By the way, don't let them score 13 seconds left to tie the game. Then we're not having that conversation, but I digress. My main concern the Chiefs, stop being Golden State with the football. They get way too loose with the football at times. And I love Golden State, but there are times where they have these maddening turnovers where you say to yourself, guys, and they're trying to make the big play, trying to make that, that wild play. Kansas City's a lot like that. Sometimes they go too much for a splash play, and turnovers can get them in trouble. For example, look at the game against Cincinnati Bengals. If Travis Kelsey holds on to the football, they were going down for another score and essentially making that a two-score game and potentially putting that away. They can't be loose with the football. Patrick Mahomes has 11 interceptions. They phoned the ball nine times as a team. You're too good of an offense and too special an offense to be that loose with the football. That's a concern I have with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Freddie, I will start with you on this one since you will give me a major concern. <laughs> wow. You act like I was like sandbagging the game. We had Kimberly Strange. Martin on here like changing the name of hot that's uh, news or not news. At least Strange. I'm sticking to the script. Strange All right, Freddie, Shannon. here we go. What's your one major concern for the Buffalo Bills? You can run on them. The Miami Dolphins showed that they could run on them up the middle. Not having Vaughn Miller commanding a lot of that attention. Ed Oliver's been really good rushing the passer, but he can be blocked. And the linebackers, and I love their linebackers, but they can be blocked as well. If you can run the ball on the Buffalo Bills and make yourself a two-fisted attack, they're not that physical enough of a defense. They can generate turnovers. They can get after the quarterback. But they've shown the Jets ran on them. The Miami Dolphins ran on them. Even in the first meeting, Kansas City has success against Buffalo running the football. That's a concern that if you can run on them, guess what happens? All of a sudden, the clock is on your side and not on the side of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's kind of been their concern now for the last couple weeks, and certainly against the Dolphins team, which all of a sudden decided that they were a running team. I don't know how that happened, but (laughs) if you you know, I've been in the camp, Freddie, that losing Von Miller – it's a big, big loss, but it's not an insurmountable loss because they do mm-hmm. have the depth up front on the defensive line, and they were able to get some players back from injury like Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa. I think they're going to be okay there. You cannot let good teams that you're going to face in the playoffs run on you. Kansas yep. City has morphed into a good running team. The Cincinnati Bengals can find ways to do that too. 
Like, that's going to be an issue for this Buffalo team if they can't seem to shore that up the next couple weeks. All right, Courtney, I'll give you another try. Here Thanks. we go. Wow. All right. So glad you have so much confidence. Absolutely. Strays. All right, here we go. Courtney, your one major concern for the Cincinnati Bengals. Pass rush, probably. I think that that's probably my fair thing. And I know that Tampa Bay, like, they, you know, I'm not concerned that they can score points because of what they did down, what were they down, like 17 to 3, 17 to 0 in that game the other week. Like, slow starts, to me, they're not that worrisome because the Cincinnati Bengals can, can overcome them. Mm-hmm. Um, they fixed things after a rough start defensively this past week. But to me, I'm still a little bit concerned about – the edge rusher position in Cincinnati and their ability to pressure opposing quarterbacks on a consistent basis. So to me, that's my biggest concern. My biggest concern with Cincinnati is the offensive line, but not protecting Joe Burrow running the football. We've seen lately that they get Joe Mixon back. They got some IGP Ryan. They've been able to have that balance in the running game. If they can continue to do that, then you're not worried about Joe Burrow being hit like a pinata all the time because they can't protect him when it comes to passing the football. They're averaging barely 100 yards rushing, but 261 passing. At a certain point, you got to give your quarterback a break. You got to give your quarterback love when it comes to that. So the offensive line is a concern, not so much pass rushing or keeping the pass rushes out, but running the football effectively to make them more of a balanced offense and not just having to rely on Joe Burrow to save your behind all the time. All right, last one here for you, Courtney, looking at major concerns for the NFL contenders. San Francisco 49ers, what's your major concern for the Niners? I'll say Brock Purdy, and I don't want the magic to run out. I would like Mm -hmm. to see that continue on. I know he's had a good couple games. They locked up the NFC West against what you're seeing right now in in that Seattle game. Seattle's not much of a contest for this 49ers team. Yeah, they beat Miami with Brock Purdy, too. What happens when you face really good teams, teams that are going to be alongside you in the NFC playoffs? That's what I worry about. Like, can they keep that magic going? And when can they get Debo back healthy for him? Yeah, with me, I'm not worried so much about Purdy, Brock Purdy, a quarterback, because Kyle Shanahan is going to protect him and make sure he can make some plays. My main concern with the 49ers is health. Yeah. The way they play, I mean, they got those bloodthirsty pirates on defense with Bosa is going to be defensive play of the year, and Fred Warren has been the best linebacker in the NFL this year. I'm not worried about the way they play defense, and they're still going to run the football to protect Brock Purdy from that standpoint, Courtney. But I just worry about the health. The way that they play is so physical and so taxing. It's like watching Rafael Nadal play football when it comes to the 49ers. I love the way they play, but that brutish, physical, take-no-prisoner style, you have to wonder how much of that could be very debilitating. I know it's the way they play, but health is always, always going to be a concern with me the way the San Francisco 49ers play. No, I agree. I think that the injuries that they sustained, and we do know that Jimmy Garoppolo is not coming back to come save them if things go wrong uh, because of the foot injury that he sustained. So what you got is what you got. You just hope that the guys who are injured right now, I know they are, I think it's Javon Kinlaw's coming off IR Mm -hmm. uh, soon. So you hope that you can get guys back and get healthy, Debo Samuel, for the postseason. Yeah, especially keeping Christian McCaffrey healthy because he's Mm -hmm. been a boon to the running game in the passing game. As well, hit us up anytime you want to Dr. Pepper call in line, triple eight, say ESPN, eight, 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 seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Give us one concern that you have for your NFL team. That's a contender in the playoffs. Eight, 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 seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Thanks for joining us at Keyshawn J. Will and Max with Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and ESPNU. We're going to use the word health when it comes to the New York Jets. Believe me, that's only the least of their problems. That's next.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman in for the guys today. And Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, also ESPNU. Don't forget to click more in the lower right-hand corner. Scroll down to live radio, and that's where you can find us. Oh, we're going to talk about the H word regarding the New York Jets. That has plenty to do and everything to do with the quarterback that's going to play tomorrow for the Jets versus the Jaguars. But first, we're going to talk about concerns with your playoff team at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Scott in Texas, what is your team and what is your concern? Well, uh, my team is the Dallas Cowboys. I've been a long-time watcher of the Cowboys and uh, my biggest concern is just the uh, amount of the undisciplined on both sides of the ball. Uh, the amount of penalties we get per game um, on both sides of the ball and all the way around. I mean, our play calling, like, why are we going to go run a go route down you know, third long? All we need is first down. Just get the first down. I see that every week in and week out, and it just drives me crazy. It's a fair point because how many times have we seen that, Courtney, from this Cowboys team, and how much of that was an issue when they played against the 49ers in the playoffs? Seemed like every time you turned around, penalty flag here, penalty flag there, here flag there, flag everywhere, flag flag with the Dallas Cowboys. That is something they've kind of dialed it back a little bit, but they need to get better at that because we've seen key penalties and key inconsistencies happening in those situations. Yeah, I mean, and, and for the penalties, like you had mentioned, uh, they only had two this past week against Jacksonville, so it's not like that was something that completely threw them off. But I'll say, Freddie, in the second half, you got to be able to secure a 27-10 lead. The offense did its part in giving up that lead, but when your defense allows Trevor Lawrence – to go and score on three straight touchdown drives in less than nine minutes of game time, and your offense is doing its part to kind of keep pace there. You know, you got to look at the defense and say, I'm pointing my blame there. And I know you and I have brought this up before. When's the last time we heard Micah Parsons make some real big splash play, finish with two sacks, three sacks in a game? When's the last time Trevon Diggs did something? And I think this goes back to what we talked about with Newey Scruggs from NBC5 in in Dallas recently here on Keyshawn J. Willemax about the sloppy play. Like, this team had a chance to clinch the playoffs last week, and they failed to do so in an overtime loss to a team that, going in, had five wins on the season when Dallas had been riding high. It just 
just don't understand. Maybe it's, you know, the the spotlight. Maybe it's the stage that they're on right now. This is a team that always seems to have issues getting up towards the postseason. But usually you don't see those happen until January. So the fact that it's happening now seems like it's kind of a concern unless they can right the ship. One of the things about the Cowboys trying to right that ship because until they do, Jerry Jones is going to be as a desperate person trying to have his team win a championship. Lord have mercy. Uh, that's why Jerry Jones has never met a microphone he didn't want to talk into. He always wants to make sure the Cowboys are never going to not be relevant. They have not been relevant in terms of winning championships. That's been the case with the Cowboys. But there's still a team that's going to be popular either one side or the other, negative or positive, because when they win, Cowboys fans are strong. When they lose, Cowboys haters are strong. Either way, the NFL is going, <laughs> in me power, because you're talking about the Cowboys, then you're definitely talking about the National Football League, and they're definitely a big part of that, no matter what they do or what they don't do. Speaking of what he's going to do and what he's not going to do, hey, Zach Wilson, you get the spotlight again. You're back on Broadway as the Jets quarterback. He is going to play his second straight start as the Jets take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mike White, the guy who is now the darling of that locker room and the darling of New York, not clear because of having fractured ribs. Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, said that Zach knows how to prepare like he is back to being the dude. It always helps. But I, I think Zach, Zach uh, is, is – um, he knows to prepare like he's the number one. Um, anything that else ha- happens, it, it was – this was uh, – uh, we were going into this week, and I know I said what I said yesterday, but he was with the mindset of being the starter, got all the reps yesterday. Um, Mike will be limited in practice, obviously, because he can still practice. He just can't – he didn't have contact. But um, So for Zach, it's always helpful to get all the reps, um, and and he's had that uh, since yesterday. So. This is – just hearing that right there, Courtney, that's Coach Sala's way of saying, God, I wish Mike White was healthy. <laughs> we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. We would definitely want to have him back out there and make sure that that's going to work for our team because our team rallies around that guy. They don't rally around the guy that was the number two pick in the draft. If he had his way, if he had only one fractured rib instead of fractured ribs, Courtney, Mike White would be the starter. That shows exactly what they don't believe when it comes to Zach Wilson. They don't have any trust in this guy, and they're hoping that he will not blow up in their face and cost him another game like we've seen before in his career, whether it's a rookie season or early this season with the New York Jets. Yeah, you could hear Robert Sala stammering there a bit when he was talking about Zach Wilson. He 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 knows he's how to prepare like the starter, like the number one, and that those reps matter. And I think what Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL insider, told us earlier tells you everything you need to know that this is a team that's seven and seven. They're on the outside currently looking in when they were in the playoff picture for quite some time. Robert Sala is going to do whatever he has to do to win games and to get this team into the postseason. Right. And when and when Mike White is healthy, I think that means he gives you the best chance to win and that you see him back in in under center. So maybe that's week 17, maybe it's week 18. So no matter when it happens, I think Zach Wilson's leash is, leash is very short. And coming on a short week, coming off of the loss that was lost by three points to Detroit because the pick six led to the field goal for Detroit. There's a three-point margin of error. You can point to that play as mm-hmm. what decided the game. I don't think that Zach Wilson will find his way playing into week 17 if Mike White is healthy, no matter what happens here against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, based on that, and I'm completely with you because he's getting another shot to prove that he – it's not about Zach Wilson being a franchise quarterback. Can he be a competent quarterback mm-hmm. and, that, and a consistent competent quarterback? So that's the issue that the New York Jets are facing right now. 
that's not so much this season, Courtney, but it's going to be in the offseason. Because if you don't believe he's the guy, then you can't just outright cut him. You can't just move on from him when you got that kind of money to the second pick in the draft. So what are you going to do? Install Zach Wilson as your backup or whatever quarterback competition you're going to have between Mike White and Zach Wilson? Because if he doesn't win the job, that's a lot of money for somebody not working when you had that much faith that he could be the guy. That's why you drafted him with the second pick in the draft last year. And that's why he will get a third year, at least to prove himself. Now, there very well could be a quarterback competition next offseason. I fully anticipate that happening. But you don't pull the plug on the second overall pick in the draft, like you said, knowing how many guarantees, 35 million of them, mm-hmm. uh, are loaded into that contract. He's going to be given every chance to take the job, and if he can't, then that's something that the Jets are going to have to to you know kind of bite it and just deal with it and figure out who their next quarterback's going to be. Now, fortunately, at least they've got a good stopgap right now in Mike White when healthy. But my goodness, to think about how big of a bust signing that's going to be if Zach Wilson can't get it together and figure it out for a team that has you know perennially been in this spot to be trying to find and fix the quarterback spot. God, that one's going to hurt if this one doesn't work out. Well, so far, it has not worked out. The question is, if you're the New York Jets, how long you continue to have it not work out or give it more chances to see if it's going to work. But Zach Wilson gets another chance tomorrow night, and the New York Jets try to break their losing streak, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, kicking off another week of NFL action when it comes to Week 16 on Thursday night football. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman in for the guys today on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPNU. You'll never, ever, ever understand what I had to go through last night on my phone based on Courtney Cronin and our staff that had nothing to do with sports. What? Exactly. But first, here's this. Yeah, we'll see. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Courtney Corner, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, also ESPN U.S. Series X and Channel 80. In a couple of seconds, give or take a lie or two, we're going to get to a subject that divided the entire staff of this show. Believe oh, me when I tell you. But how about a couple of calls in terms of one concern for your NFL team with the playoffs right around the corner? Hit us up at 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. But I was minding my own business at my house 
Watching Marquette play Providence, Big East play, great ball game, double overtime. And then my phone sounded like the bat phone from the Batman with the commissioner phone. And it all started, Courtney Cronin, because you and other people, Charmaine Nameless, Pat Costello, James Steele, and Alan Yates got into a heated text message chain about fries. Yes, and I believe we have this tweet up. Is that right, Pat, at KeyJ and Max, our Twitter handle? Yeah, so it all started because our good friends over at Caesars Sportsbook tweeted, start, bench, cut, uh, curly fries, regular fries, waffle fries. So Tough. Mm-hmm. I tweeted from our uh, KeyJ and Max account, <laughs> at, at KeyJ and Max, mm-hmm. uh, start, waffle, bench, regular, cut, curly. And, uh, yeah, that's the answer. Waffle Bing fries, bong. number one. So the reason that it got heated is because I agree with that list. I would start waffle fries. They're obviously the superior of those three. Um, I would bench. Did I have bench regular fries? And then I cut curly fries because I'm not really a big fan of, you know, it's kind of like the Persian cucumber. Like, you know, it's all twisty and everything. Like, just eat it normally. Um, Okay. It's fine. But I like steak fries, the ones that are, you know, effectively a sliced baked potato that are deep fried, so the really thick ones. And Yates agreed with me on that. Those are the superior fries. Thank you. I appreciate you. Especially the seasoned Um, ones. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what's even better than having seasoned steak fries? What's that? Seasoned steak fries with seasoned sour cream. What? Which, no. Which then threw the group chat into, yeah, into another universe yeah. because they think that having sour cream with these aren't just any regular French fry though. These are steak fries, so you're effectively eating a fried baked potato slice. Wrong. Yeah. This Not was, wrong. This, Explain to me how that's by the wrong. Way, this was my life for an hour and a half with my phone blowing up. I mean, this yeah, Freddie's trying to like watch Shaka Smart's defensive strategy exactly. on Tuesday night. Meanwhile, and we're all like in our own world talking minds. about French fries. By by that logic, Courtney, that means you're willing to put co- other condiments on a baked potato. You're willing to put ketchup on a baked potato <laughs> or like chipotle mayo or something, <laughs> which you're off, clearly not willing to do. No, I'm not willing to put mayonnaise on everything, for the record, and I've stated this for four years on ESPN Radio. I'm deathly afraid of mayonnaise. Get it away from me. I Why are you put, afraid of mayonnaise? Did you have like a, you have like a clown incident up. as a kid? No, I didn't have it growing up because I think it's a disgusting condiment, and I'm just terrified of it. Why do you need you're like, terrified of a, a condiment? Yes. It's gross. I have gross. like a t- I have a taste ah. aversion to that. I have a taste aversion to milk. Like, okay. So a the, weirdo. So Sorry. you're not watching the Duke's Mayo Bowl at all then, based on that. When I watched Mike Golick Jr. dip the Oreos oh, that was in awful. the thing, that I was wanted awful. to I wanted to never watch TV or a football game again. Fortunately, I, I, I didn't have to go to. to that extreme. Yes. But no. And, and to answer your question, Pat, I probably would put ba- uh, ketchup on a baked potato. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I don't think what? that I don't think that there's any sort of controversial take to say that <laughs> steak fries, the thick cut ones, I'm not talking about French fries from McDonald's, steak cut fries are sliced baked potatoes that are deep fried. They're wedges. They're That's all, all they're they are. Wedges. They're wedges. Potatoes that are deep fried. Yeah. Some some wedges more the wedge variety. Thing. Some of more the wedge variety. And also, to make variety. this even more controversial, have you never had an appetizer of waffle fries at any sort of establishment <laughs> and they don't serve you any sort of seasoned sour cream with them? Am I the yeah, only one that's there, had that? There's a reason for that. It's because nobody eats sour cream with fries. That's an insane thing to put on a I french want, fry. I want you guys to tweet at me 
at Courtney mm-hmm. R. Cronin. Mm-hmm. Tweet at Freddie too. Just blow up his no, mentions. No, please let's, don't. Let's, no, let's do, do not. Yeah, do at not do ESPN, that. And do do not do Twitter that. account at KJ and Max. Eh. Is it okay to eat French fries with seasoned sour cream or just regular sour cream? See, I'm looking at my like, phone right now. This all got started innocently at right about 7.30, 7.15, and continued till about 9.15. And it was a really in-depth, thorough, yeah. nuanced, nuanced, well-thought-out conversation, just like all sports conversations. About like fries. Kind of, yeah, we're fryologists. Pretty much everything no, you said you were a fryologist. No, Pat and Courtney did not say they were fry. You the one that but, said that. But, a self-proclaimed fryologist, Alan Yates. I, I think that they're also fryologists. Like, Courtney has a specific way that she likes hers. Pat only likes waffle fries from the chick in other, you know, establishments. So, you know. Fryologist. Number one fast be. food fry is Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. Enough said. The waffle Debate fries ended. are really good. I'm yeah. a red member. So. But McDonald's fries you are mean, good. What is red Wendy's member? Wendy's fries are uh, uh, underrated. I can go to Chick-fil-A right now, use, oh, some, yeah. use some red member points, and get uh-huh. 40 large waffle fries. Like it's and nothing. And still have something left over to get me a drink. <laughs> Um, a lot of points, Courtney. I'm, a, I'm an established. So it's a member. rewards program. Yeah. Yes, man. He's got his PhD in fryology. Basically, when it comes to what was yes. your answer? Explain to them what your answer was in this group chat. It's going to be waffle fries first. But you also rode with me on steak cut yes, fries. Yes, because if we yes, replace yes. regular fries, which is the worst one out of the three, yeah. and put steak fries in that, Joel, we got a yeah. battle now. Yeah. By the way, I'm really surprised that Shannon Pendon joined in that conversation because Shannon Just, loves I'm talking about kale. food. Yeah, He's not I'm eating kale. kale. Stop yeah. that. See, that's how rumors wow. get started. Wow. Nothing wrong with kale. Why are we, like, dunking I'm, on I'm, I'm not I'm a kale I'm back fan. here minding my business. Right. I'm catching strange. No, and that's not the for problem, me. man. Like 50 wiping my eyes. What did I do? Not for me. I'm the one that said you were smart, like you didn't involve yourself in this conversation. Like, I stayed out of that. Shannon was way too quiet, and especially on the heels of our haircut conversation, I'm at him today. Shout out the country. Did you end up getting your, your haircut book, Jake? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Well, I, awesome. I got my haircut. I don't know about Yates. He ain't even yeah. look out for the cookout. He ain't he yeah. ain't say, yo, country, my man need a cut. I did. I yes, did. did. As a matter of fact, yes, I did. did. I told country. He's like, you yes, tall, light-skinned boy with the, with the beard? Man, guess yeah, what? Yeah, tell him to hide me. Lies, lies, and more lies. By the way, DJ S. By the way, DJ S-1 on Twitter, Courtney R. Cronin, and Coleman ESPN say, heck yeah, season sour cream and steak fries. Yeah, what's up? Incredible. What's up, Pat? Incredible. Gross. Is that regional or cultural? We got to figure that one out. Now, that's a good it's question. Terrible. It doesn't that, matter that, which not, it is. Not, it's not terrible. For nothing, that's a good question. Certain things that happen in one region don't fly in another region. Now, yeah. You know what? And, and we've had somebody else saying that I'm effectively giving them a new lease on life today because I mm-hmm. blew their mind with the sliced fried baked mm. potatoes description. They're going to make yeah. some loaded steak fries for lunch with sour go. cream. Take and, that, and, Pat. And right now, a sadness has come over Pat Costello. Baked potato bites. It's a thing. It's What's going up? down. So you, so so I don't have to hear about this for the rest of the time now. But no, we, yeah, we're doing this next good? hour. No, we're, yeah. no, we're not. Yeah. We're not doing this next hour. You can forget about that. Fries are gone as far as that goes. No more fries, 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 fries. But it's no lie that Jalen Hurts might play this weekend. That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.